Hallelujah. Well, I come to preach to you this morning. Had a burden on my heart. Have a burden on my heart, and just want to preach to you this morning. And I uh, want to reach somebody if I can. And uh, I want to talk about grace again. Grace again. Praise the Lord. The Bible says that the psalmist gave us this understanding, and I, I, I may misquote just a one or two words here. But it said his mercy is renewed as the morning. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Any, any Bible readers know, know what I'm talking about? It, say, it says in there, don't it? Don't, don't it say it in there? So that lets me know that the mercy of God, in other words, me not getting what I should have got, every morning when the sun comes up, that mercy is renewed. And I've often wondered about grace. Is grace renewed? But then I remember that the grace of God was shown on, on Calvary. And we sing that old song, the blood will never lose its power. And the grace of God doesn't have to be renewed because it's infinite. Mercy has to be renewed as the morning, but grace just comes again and again. I, I want somebody to grab a hold of that this morning. Again and again and again. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Praise the Lord. Turn your Bibles, if you will. We're not going to read quite yet. I'm going to talk us through the first two chapters of the book of Hosea. Hosea, if you're over in the red letter edition of the Bible, you've gone too far. Get back in those minor prophets. Get back over there around uh, Daniel. It's one to the right of Daniel. Get on over there where they're at. Find that and uh, let's go to the book of Hosea. Hosea, if you don't know, was a prophet of God, led by the Spirit of God. I'm going to read here in just a little bit. You can remain seated if you want to for just a minute or two. He was a prophet of God in, in northern Israel. Many would say it was in uh, what would be in Jesus' time, uh, Samaria, which is where he was. And we know the Samaritans were definitely people who were half-breeds in the eyes of the Jews. But God had called Hosea to be a prophet amongst those individuals. And when he called Hosea, like many of the prophets of Israel, uh, Hosea had to live out his own prophecy. Hosea had to live out his own prophecy. And I think every child of God, especially every preacher and every minister of the Word of God, he or she ought to be careful what comes out of their mouth because they liable to have to live that at some point. Amen. I believe that. And you better make sure what you say is of God. Hallelujah. Because the Lord will try that thing that you said. Praise the Lord. And, and when God appointed Hosea as the prophet, he uh, appointed him... Uh, to preach about and to prophesy about the salvation and grace that God had once again shown to his people. And I love the word, the name Hosea. Uh, Sister Walker, wants, Sister Stephanie wants to name our kid. We're not, somebody asked her yesterday if she was expecting just out of curiosity, not because she looks that way, but because they were just curious. And she said, no, we're not. But we are talking about baby names. We got about two years. We're on a plan to have a baby, hopefully, in about two years. We're trying to follow the good wisdom of some elders we've talked to, and they said to wait 
and enjoy that marriage time before you jump right into having kids. You may not believe that, but that's the, the, the uh, wisdom we were given. So we're going to follow that good wisdom. But she's already talking about baby names. And uh, she's talking about uh, the same initials as mine are. She wants to name the kid Dallin Walker, but she's going to call him by his first name. My name is Matthew Dallin Walker. That's why I call Brother Matthew my namesake. He's really not my namesake. He's just he has the same name as me. But she wants to name him, you know, maybe like uh, Malachi Dallin Walker. That's pretty cute, you know. Uh, I, I, I might well say like Malcolm. No, I'm kidding. Uh, if your name's Malcolm, I'm, I'm just picking at you. Uh, you know, just something, you know, uh, and if it's a girl, we don't really know. Uh, Mendisa might be a good one, you know. Uh, Medusa. No, I'm kidding. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, just all kind of names. Uh, Moshishi or, you know, something just crazy, you know, bless your heart. But anyways, if we was to name a kid, and, and, and I would love to have a kid named Hosea. Not because Hosea is necessarily a pretty name. But Hosea means salvation. And I love, oh, how I love the word salvation. You see, if it wasn't for salvation, I wouldn't be here this morning. If it wasn't for salvation, you were not, you would not be here this morning. None of us would even be here. There would have never been a Bethel Holiness Church. Uh, there would have never been uh, our brother to stand up this morning and say, thank God I've got to victory. Uh, there would have never been a piano player. There would have never been saints of God to lift the hands and say glory to God if there was not for salvation. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, David said, if it had not been for God, I don't know where we'd be if it wasn't for salvation. Amen. Praise the Lord. My, it's quiet in here this morning. And uh, maybe it's just the warmth. I don't know. It's maybe just me. I don't, I don't know. But Hosea means salvation. And Hosea is an individual who is told by God something that you better forevermore know it's God speaking to you. Any of you young preachers out there get an idea about Hosea's prophecy, you better confide in your pastor first. Because if you don't know, and the Bible readers already know where I'm going with this, but those individuals who have not read the Old Testament in a long time, if you don't know, then God told Hosea in chapter 1 of Hosea to go down to the red light district on the dark side of town. Yeah, he told him to go over to, I don't know what the red light district is here, I just know a few street names, go over to 103rd and Blandon, I don't know, you know what I'm saying, wherever it was, the dark side of town. And he told him to pick him out a wife from that dark area over there. He said, go find you one that's of ill repute. And that's all I can really say about that. All of us grown-ups know what that means. Go pick you, go pick you out one that doesn't have a clean slate. One that's not pure. Go pick you out one that's way over there and has had a lot of mates and a lot of men over and over and over again. And it seems to me as I look at Hosea, Hosea did what God told him to do. But man, not only did he pick him out a, a wife that was unwanted, her name. My goodness, what a name that is, you know. At least find you one with a pretty name. But he found one called Gomer. <laughs> That's a funny name. Her name was Gomer. Now, I don't know what comes to you or comes to your mind. But when I think of the word Gomer, I think of the word Elmer. And that's, I don't know why, I just do. And I remember the old cartoons we used to see. 
in the newspapers, and it was old Elmer Foote. Yeah, I thought I thought a wabbit, you know. You know, and then he, you know, just, just that old, that old uh, hang jaw looking type style, nothing pretty about it. And Gomer is here, and there's nothing that is necessarily attractable or attractive about her whatsoever. I'm building this up, and I want you to get this here. Because Hosea is acting under the inspiration of God to go to a, a, an area of town that is undesirable. To go to the dirtiest, darkest part of town uh, where he never wants to set foot in. Uh, where he never wants to go. But he goes there. Uh, and not only does he go there, but he brings one back out. Uh, that is not only undesirable by her actions uh, and by her looks, uh, but her very name uh, is undesirable. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Uh, and the Bible tells us that he marries her. Could I tell you that 2,000 years ago, the great God of heaven, Jesus, uh, salvation incarnate, uh, stepped out of the clean heavens, uh, stepped out of the celestial bodies, uh, stepped out of the kingdom of heaven, uh, stepped out what the very uh, blessings of the Lord are uh, onto this dirty earth. Uh, oh, come on, somebody. Uh, and he went down to the deepest, darkest part uh, of the dirtiest place, uh, and he reached down, uh, and he pulled out me, uh, and he pulled out you, uh, and he pulled out humanity. There was nothing pretty about us. There was nothing good about us. Our name was sin and we were full of it. But could I tell you he sent his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish. I wish somebody say glory right there because we can have eternal life because salvation come because victory has come because the blood of Jesus was shed because the cross of Christ was born for our repentance. Hallelujah. So Hosea is an Old Testament archetype of Christ as he reaches down and reaches out under the inspiration of God and the Spirit of God and takes that one that is the most undesirable. And the Bible says that he marries her. Oh my Knowing her past, knowing her tendency, knowing her weakness, and knowing her unfaithfulness. <laughs> Glory. And the Bible says not only does he marry her, but he consummates that marriage. And from that consummation come three kids. And I could get into the names and the meaning of those three kids, but I will not for this time. And for a time, she does really well. She's in the house of God, worshiping God. She's obeying the Spirit of God. She's a good mama to her children. She's a good husband to her wife. But the Bible tells us at some point, something begins to nag at her. Something begins to draw her back. Something begins to pull her all the way back. And she begins to remember those long, lonely nights. And something about the world. And something about there being pleasure 
and sin for a season gets back on her mind and the enemy begins to creep up on her shoulder and says you don't have everything in here there's something out there that you're missing there's something out there that you've not yet experienced there's something out there that you've not yet gotten a hold of you're being messed up in here you're being brainwashed in here what you feel is not real what you see is not real it's just a bunch of hypocrisy it's just a bunch of religion and before long she's pulled all the way back out and she's back down at the red light district and how sad it is to see people who the grace of God is shown to over and over again with testimonies even right here among us this morning with testimonies very similar to Gomer's with testimonies of the grace of God and then we see them in worship and we see them in church attendance and we see them in Bible study and we see them in Sunday school attendance and they slowly but slowly begin to wane and they begin to fade and they begin to get cold and they begin to get indifferent and the enemy starts talking to them over and over and over I've seen it happen time and time again the prayer life gets cold the enemy begins to talk things get rough the valley gets deep. Oh yes, the devil gets hot. The trail gets long. And before long they're looking back. I said before long they're looking back. Trying to find a way out. Trying to find an excuse. Trying to point fingers and saying I'm going out because I got something else to do out there. As I've already said, the Bible does not deny that there is pleasure in sin. There is pleasure in sin, the Bible says, for a season. There's pleasure in sin for a time. But sooner or later, the Bible tells us that the end thereof is death. Not just mortal death, but spiritual death. Amen. Not just death of the body. Not just death of the senses, but death of the soul. The Bible tells us that he who is not right with the Lord, he who does not have salvation upon their heart, he who does not have the will of God in their life, when they meet God, they will be judged, and hell fire awaits them. Oh, yes, I don't know why I'm saying all this one. i got to get to my message and to my text here. But could I tell you there's danger in looking back. There's danger in looking around. There's danger. Oh, yes. I've seen something as small as a message on Instagram. I've seen something as small as a Snapchat post. I've seen something as small as a Facebook page begin to pull and it puts thoughts in their mind. I've seen something as small as some type of video or show out there. Some type of friend and them back on Facebook and something begins to gnaw at them. Something begins to nag at them and all of a sudden they're listening to the enemy saying I'd be better off out there. I'd be happier out there. I'd be better out there. But could I talk to Gomer for a minute and say Gomer you don't need to go. Gomer you don't have to go. Gomer the devil's lied to you. Gomer you don't have to go the way of the enemy. But the Bible says she goes back. She goes back to where she started at. 
Bible tells us a little bit later in the scripture reading, and I'm going to read my text here in just a minute. Hosea 11 and 7 tells us that Hosea, the God of heaven is talking to Hosea and he says, And my people are bent to backsliding from me. My people are bent to backsliding from me. Yes, they are. Can I tell you that if you're in the house of God this morning and you sin with no fear, you're backslidden. Spirit of God, yesterday afternoon, I was uh, in the car waiting on Sister Stephanie to come out of a store. I kind of leaned back because I had swine fever, brother. I had swine fever come on me. You know, y'all know what swine fever is. Oh, yes. You ever seen an old swine? After it gets good and full of that old slop, he just roll over in the mud, kick up his feet, and that old sunshine beam down on him, and it goes off to sleep. Yeah. Some of you going to do that here in a little while after you get to eating lunch. Praise the Lord. That old swine fever gets on you, amen. And we had lunch. Sister Stephanie had to go in and get something she needed, so I just kicked back there in the car. And uh, sometimes I do this little thing where I'll lean back and I'm asleep, but I don't know I'm asleep until I wake up. <coughs> some, of you, some of you men that may know what I'm talking about there. You don't even realize you went to sleep. This just happens sometimes, you know. And I, in the middle of one of those things, I, I, I immediately just, I didn't call for anything, I just... I was wide awake. I wrote down these three things here. Sin with no fear will lead you all the way to hell. Acting with no thought of consequence is a sign of backsliding. And doing things with no conviction according to the Bible or the Spirit of God that you supposedly have living on the inside of you is a sign of backsliding. I'm going to say it again because I feel like the Spirit of God gave me this. Seeing with no fear means you're backsliding. When you act with no thought of consequence, you're in a backslidden state. And doing things with no conviction or thought of the Word of God means you're on your way out. Think about your actions this afternoon or this morning. Think about the things you've done this past week. Things that you might not ever done. Things your mind would have never gone to. Could I tell you right here, Gomer? Could I tell some Gomer out here this morning? You don't have to go that way. You don't have to be that testimony. You don't have to run out and run back in and run out and run back in. There's grace. There's help before you go. The Bible says in Isaiah 29 and 13, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as my people draw near to me with their mouth and their lips do dishonor me, but have removed their heart from me. Oh, come on here now. For as much as the people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of man. Could I tell you right here that if you're constantly being checked by men and the Spirit of God's not talking to you, talking to you through this word, friend, be careful. Be careful. Gomer, you don't have to go that way. See, some of you are biting at the bits. You're ready for me to move on to the restoration. Ready me for me to move on to the restoration power. But the fact of the matter is that somebody should have got the gun before she ever went out. Help me, Holy Ghost, right here. 
We, 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 hear, we love to hear these testimonies, and I love them just as good as anybody. It's not my testimony, but I love to hear them about how God reached down and touched a 40-year-old man on the backside of some alleyway somewhere. He'd been wilding around in his own puke for two days, and how God pulled him up. But could I tell you, if you go back to that boy's story, at 13 years old, he was sitting in a church somewhere, and at 16 he got rebellious. And by 18, somebody didn't get a hold of him, and he was a slop drunk until he was 40 years old. And over 22 years of his life was wasted. I said it was wasted. That don't have to be the testimony. I said that don't have to be the testimony. You can stay in the house of God. You don't have to go that way. My pastor said it many times, and I'll say it again. I'm all for the hospital at the bottom of the mountain. That when people tumble down the mountain, off the curb, off the high place, and they fall, I'm thankful there's a church, a hospital to pick them up. But somebody put some signs at the top of the mountain. Somebody put a guardrail at the top of the mountain. Somebody put a fence. Somebody put a barrier. Somebody preached the word. Somebody warned about sin. Somebody warned about backsliding. Somebody warned about prayer life. Somebody warned. Why? Because we got to keep them in the house of God. They come in back in with so much luggage. And don't you get me wrong, I'm glad they come. And I preach that they should come. But they don't have to go. They don't have to go. You don't have to go. Stand if you will. Hosea 3. Everyone stand if you can. If you're able to. Hosea 3. Feel the Spirit of God here this morning. Hallelujah. I feel like I've got the nail on the head here this morning. I really do. Some of you may not think I do, but I really do. I feel like God's talking to somebody right here this morning. Hallelujah. Hosea 3, verse 1, the Bible says this. Then said the Lord unto me, Go yet, love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress, according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel, who look to other gods and have flagons of wine. And listen to this, what Hosea says. So I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver and for an omer of barley. And for a half omer of barley. And I said unto her, notice what he says, Thou shalt abide for me many with me many abide for me many days. Thou shalt not play the harlot, and thou shalt not be for another man. So will I also be for thee. You may be seated. Could I tell you this morning that Gomer didn't listen to the prophet of God? And Gomer went out into the world of sin. She left three small children in the house of God with no mother. Could I tell you this morning that if Gomer be here, not only do your actions affect yourself, but they affect your children. They affect your kinfolk. They affect people around you. You may say that I feel like whatever I do, nobody really cares. Yes, they will. Or brother, I don't have kids. You've got a church family that loves you. You've got people of God who have a mindset to pray for you. People who care when you're not here. Brother Dowd, I hadn't got a phone call in such and such amount of days. Hey, I hadn't either. Well, that's okay. Come on here now. Oh, yes. Many, many people don't get phone calls. It's a way of life. Oh, yes. If I got a phone call, oh, yes, every day for somebody, could I tell you I'd probably end up telling, no, I don't want that phone call anymore because it'd be nagging. Could I tell you right here, if the only reason you want to stop coming to church, if the only reason you want to stop 
obeying God if the only reason you're looking out there is somewhere else is because you're down with somebody in here that's shallow. I said that's shallow. You're looking to the ways of men. Your salvation is based in men. Your salvation is based on what you think, not on what God did on Calvary's tree. Gomer, what about your lifestyle now? She's gone out. She's betrayed her husband. He took her under his wing. He reached out to her, and she betrayed him, and now she's out. Can I tell you this morning that there is for Gomer grace yet for Gomer. And that grace comes from God. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Titus 2 and 11 says this, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Could I tell you this morning that you don't need man to tell you what you're doing is wrong? It's wrong. The Word of God tells you this morning. You don't need a preacher to stand up and give a 45-minute sermon preaching about the sin that you're committing for you to know it's wrong. Oh, yes. Even the very creation of God that are not humanity know when they've done wrong. I said they do. Sister, you've had a little dog before. You come home from getting groceries, and they've tore up a couch cushion. Oh, yeah. And what's that dog doing? Huddling over in the corner. They know they've done wrong. They know they've done wrong. How much more we as God's uh, uh, pinnacle creation, his ultimate creation, we know when we've done wrong. Oh, come on here now. You may hear somebody out there in the side uh, say, I don't know who Jesus is, but they uh, conduct themselves uh, by a moral code uh, and by a moral law, uh, and they know when they do wrong uh, and when they do good. I said they know when they do wrong and when they do good uh, how much more should the gomers uh, who lived in the house of God for a time period uh, who were married to the, uh, to the prophet Hosea how much more should the gomers realize uh, I'm not where I should be I'm not where I should be uh, for the will of God uh, is not in my life Paul said this in Galatians 3 and 24 wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith But after that faith has come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster. What was he saying there? The very word of God convicts me. The very word of God, the law, convicts my heart. And it shows me I'm doing wrong. You can look to this world and they'll say you're doing okay. You can look to the world and to other types of churches and other types of religions. And by their standards, you're fine. But can I tell you right here, you're not okay according to the word of the Lord. That's okay. I didn't realize. I didn't think I'd get a lot of back in here when I got to this part anyways. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, By grace, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of works, it is the gift of God. I said it is the gift of God. You cannot earn this thing. Some of you have been looking down since I started this message. Are you okay? Some of y'all have been reading the Bible now for 20 minutes. You've read the Bible more in the last 20 minutes than than you probably read in the whole year. Because something about this message is disturbing you. 
something about this message is, is itching at you a little bit. Could I tell you, if you're Gomer out there, this is the mercy of God being shed abroad in your life. And you cannot afford to reject that thing. You can hang your head. You can burn a hole in the carpet with your eyeballs if you want to. You can put your heels down. You can act like you're sleepy. You can do this and do that. But it won't change the fact that the Word of God is true. And if we're not living it, we're not going. I said if we're not living it. It's just such and such. It's just a little bit of this. It's just a little bit of that. I don't know why I'm feeling this this morning, but I'm feeling it here this morning. I'm feeling some holy boldness this morning because we let it run rampant. We let it run rampant until the devil had an inch and he's taking a mile and he's taking two miles and now you're all the way down that road and you're talking to yourself about I can't ever get back. I can't ever go back. But Gomer, there's still grace from God. I thought somebody shot glory right there. I thought somebody said glory because there's grace. Not only is there grace from God, there's the goodness of Hosea. I said there's the goodness of Hosea. Galatians says this in 6 and 1, brethren, now this will make the saints of God a little bit upset sometimes if they ain't been praying. Brethren, if a man, and I'm going to add in a woman here, or a woman, be overtaken in a fault. Notice this. I love this caveat, this condition here. It didn't say, go to him. You know what the Bible says? It says, ye which are spiritual, not religious, not a bunch of shouters, but ye which are spiritual. I've been fasting and praying about this thing. If you go to them in anger, you've gone in the wrong way. And I would just say, if you go to them in chastisement, You've gone to them in the wrong way. You should have done this. You should have done that. Put your finger back in your pocket. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says, if someone is overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. In other words, if there's anybody in the church that ought to be able to restore someone, it's the one who's the most humble, the most caring Oh, come on here now. Oh, yes. Uh, considering thyself. Uh, so when you go to them, you got to consider that this person just a few weeks ago or a few months ago uh, was right where I'm at. Uh, and they could have been doing what I'm doing. Uh, but because they fell and I haven't, I'm not better than them. Uh, because I could be where they're at right now. Uh, it just so happened I didn't stop praying. Uh, and they got a little bit lax. Uh, I'm not better than them. Uh, I'm just meek uh, and spiritual right now. Uh, and I want to see them restore uh, because I need them. Uh, I said we need them. We can't push them out. We can't throw them out. We need them to see the will of God forward in this church. Lest thou also, the Bible says, be tempted. Hallelujah. So there's the goodness of Hosea backed by the grace of God. The Bible tells us Hosea goes to where she's at. In chapter 3, and he buys her. The first time, he didn't have to buy her. The first time, it cost him his reputation, probably. It cost him his good standing. But it didn't cost him any type of monetary value. This time, it's costing him even more of his reputation. Some of his pride. 
and even some of his money. Can I tell you that the church that is so shut up and shut off to giving and so shut up and shut off to sacrifice? Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I was at a church, and I will not say the church. I was at a church in this past year, and I preached there on a Sunday morning. And the pastor got up after I got through preaching. Didn't say nothing about my message. I'm, I'm not about to get any tag any. But he said, y'all please help us pray that we can find a church van. My wife this morning in our minivan made five trips to pick up people. And she brought it back every time. Over half the congregation didn't have a way to go. Either financially or physically had no way to go. And that woman, that man's wife, that pastor's wife, and thank God she's got a burden. I'm going to say that. Thank God she's got a burden. But I'm talking about the sacrifice. She gets up every morning at around 6 or 7. She gets her kids ready so her husband don't have to worry about because he's getting ready for the message that morning. And she does breakfast. And by about 8 o'clock, because church starts at 10, she starts running back and forth and picking up folks. You know what I said? God, send them a bus. God, get them a van. Give them some. Give them three vans. Lord, whatever it takes. Because I tell you, the moment we stop sacrificing for people out there, I don't care what they've done. Oh, help me. Holy Ghost. That little old dog will bite your hand sometimes, won't he? Trying to help that dog. Help me, Holy Ghost. That dog will bite you. And it's the ones that bite back the quickest and hardest are the ones that need the most help usually. Because they're fearful and they're scared and they're upset. Oh, yes, and they're displaced, and they feel like there's no hope, and they're looking at you because everybody else has betrayed them, like you're going to betray themselves, but they ought to be able to look to the church. Come on here now, and I know we're already doing a lot of this. Come on, somebody. I'm not down in Bethel Holiness Church this morning. I know some sacrifices are being made. I know some people are being picked up. I know some things are going on, but can I tell you, Gomer's out there somewhere. I said Gomer's out there somewhere, and it's up to Hosea. It's not up to somebody else. It's not up to the church down the road. It's up to Hosea to reach out to that individual. Gomer's in the congregation and it's up to Hosea to go to her and to go to him and say, I love you. And I've got to have you back. Got to have you back. The Bible says he purchases her and he tells her this. You're no longer going to play the harlot. And I like this because something in my mind Let's me know that Hosea knew she would go back. He knew she would for a season. And that speaks to us. And I know it's right after 12, but that's okay. It speaks to us when we reach out to them, even though we know they're not sincere anyways. I've, I've, I've watched them. I've watched them. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I've watched them see that individual on the altar, saints of God, quote-unquote saints of God. And they'll see that individual, and because they recognize that face, and because they've seen them down there so many times before, they just go find them a place to sit down when that person's praying. Because that person's not sincere. They don't really want help. Why are they here? They don't want help. Well, they're, they're, just, they're coming here for a handout. So? So, what if while they're here, God really gets a hold of them? You can't tell me that your intentions were pure every time you wouldn't come to God. Come on here now. You come to God because your finances were in trouble. 
Come on here now. You come to God because your baby was sick. You come to God because your house is about to be foreclosed on. You come to God because your marriage was in shambles. You needed something. Come on, somebody. That's when we come to God. We needed something. We weren't really aware of our soul's condition. We weren't really aware that we were We just know we needed something. And the church down the road had something that we didn't have. They were happy when we were not happy. They were rejoicing. We were not rejoicing. They were just as poor as we was. But yet they seemed rich. But yet they seemed blessed. But yet they had the grace of God. Can I tell Hosea, we got to reach out to Gomer. We got to see Gomer saved. We got to see Gomer star even if they don't really mean it the first time the second time because sooner or later they're going to grab a hold of something that's real you hear me sooner or later Gomer's going to come down to the altar for the last time and cry and beg God for forgiveness for that same thing and they're going to make up their minds I'm not going back out there help me Holy Ghost I'm preaching on grace again. And I want to talk about Gomer's gratitude as I begin to close here. Just definitely come to the piano, if you will. See, the grace of God and the goodness of Hosea are two things. But I want to talk to Gomer here. Because I've talked about the grace of God and I've talked to Hosea. I've talked to the church. And I want to talk right here for just a minute to Gomer. Because I feel like Gomer's in the house. I'm going to call it Gomer A and Gomer B. Gomer A is the one. Hallelujah. And you've not yet made up your mind if you're really going to serve God. And you're looking out that way. And you're thinking, hmm, I wonder what's better out there. Gomer B has just been heard, has just heard Hosea give a bid. 15, 20, 25. And Gomer A and Gomer B have got a decision to make this morning. Gomer A is backsliding. Gomer B is backslidden. And you got a decision to make this morning. You see, there's a certain point in your life where the word sorry has got to mean more than I want to feel better about this, so I don't want to talk about it anymore. My daddy always told me, and my mama did too, because I know a, a lot of times little kids, they say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It was so funny because I saw Brother David had to discipline one of his kids yesterday, and he did the same thing I used to do to my daddy. Put his hands behind his backside. Back and I know that's kind of funny to see a grown man do that, but I used to do that. Because the words, I'm sorry, means what do you mean? I feel repentance in the modern day church age. It means. But the Bible says, and I want to read this to you, I looked it up. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 7 and 10, Paul wrote to the Corinthians and said this, Godly sorrow, which is where we get the word sorry from, Godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation. Did you hear me there? True godly sorrow means you're repentant. What is repentant? It means you turn away from it and you don't do it again unto salvation. Man, it's quiet in here this morning. I think some of us are scared that we're sitting by Gomer. Because I know and that you know that Gomer's heart was gone long before her body was. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Stand, if you will, all over the house this morning. I'm finished. Is your heart gone? <laughs>
Hallelujah. Is your heart gone this morning? How do you feel about God? How do you feel about serving the Lord? Are you, are you a little bit colder this morning than what you have been? Have you been, have you been listening to the enemy talk to you? Gomer, could I tell you this morning, you don't have to go out into the world and have that testimony of being way out there somewhere and then finding your way back in 20 years later. Could I tell some young man or some young woman, that doesn't have to be your testimony. Well, my dad was a so-and-so and my mama was a so-and-so. That doesn't mean you have to be that. Praise the eyes of the Lord have seen your condition. My ears have been opened to your words, and I have observed where you are. But I say to you this morning that you can turn to me. I have not left you. My love and my grace still abounds for you. Come to me. I will save you. I will keep you. And I will show you a love that you have not known. This morning, as she begins to play again, Hallelujah! Would you come? If you're not new, if you're new here and you don't know how to come, just we just come to this altar. It's all we do. We just come and find a place to pray. The Lord's been chasing you. The Lord loves you. Holy Ghost spoke to your heart this morning. You need the Lord to help you. You've been running for too long. You've been fighting it too long. You've been going the way of your own self too long. Gomer, God's here to help you this morning. Oh, yes, God's here to help you this morning. Come on to this altar, everyone who can. Oh, if you'd like to make the pew in front of you a place to pray, that's fine. Let's find a place to pray this morning. Oh, I don't want to run from God. I want God to convict my soul. I want the Lord to show me when I'm wrong, show me what I'm not doing, what I'm supposed to do. Oh, saints of God, let's pray. Let's pray, saints of God. Oh, let's be Hosea this morning. Oh, let's be a Hosea this morning. 
Let's let God use us this morning. Oh, yes, let's go to those. Uh, let's pray one for another. Let's seek out each other. Oh, yes, brothers, hug brothers, sisters, hug sisters. Put your arm around each other. Ask God to move for each other this morning. Oh, there may be one among us who's backslidden heart. There may be the one among us who's facing tri uh, tribulation uh, and trouble. Uh, and the enemy's talking to their soul. Come on here this morning. Oh, sister, he's going to sing, but let's pray one for another. Let's pray one for another. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.